Oh, and welcome to another episode of Alec Moppa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. I'm Alec Moppa. I'm an actor, comedian, and haunted soul. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a psychotherapist and multicultural counselor. It's hard to follow you. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to introduce I'm, myself after something like that. I know. Well, we, the show's hot mess, so I'm always it's working a, through something. A little messy. Yeah. I'm always kind of like, okay, what's this about? Um, we had a talk about being in alignment on one of our shows, and and that kind of has stuck with me because uh -huh. about being in alignment because I think I've spent a majority of my life out of alignment with myself. Okay, what does that mean for you? It How are you defining alignment? Uh, alignment is kind of like being in line with my own values or even knowing that I have values. Oh, okay. Like I didn't, I, I think that I spent my 20s and my 30s not knowing my own values or not knowing that I was some, but, uh, that I was an entity to be valued as a person. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, Understa Understanding your own self, your own worth, your own values, and making sure that the steps that you're taking in life actually align with those things. Exactly. And so it, it, because I didn't know my value, my value was based on achievement. It was mm -hmm. always based on I was valuable if I got this guy to like me. I was valuable if I did a good job and I right. got I got a job. But see what happens with that when your when your value is defined by something outside of yourself. When those things yes. go away, everything falls apart. Yes, fully. Yeah, because the truth is is that for all of us, we are automatically valuable. It is our birthright, mm -hmm. right? So inherently, we are good enough and we deserve love and belonging. And so when we do anything in our lives that are out that's out of step with understanding what mm -hmm. that is, our own value, then yeah, it fucks us up and we're off, we're totally off alignment and then things don't really kind of go and flow and work out really kind of in the best ways. Right, and, and it's kind of like, I didn't understand that until I was like in my thirties really that I was like, oh, I'm, I, I was journaling one day and I yeah. was like, and I just wrote the words, I'm a good person. Oh. Like I'd never said that about my, I'm not so bad. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I'm a good person, but it, it turned into, and therefore yeah. as a good person, I deserve this yes. as a good person. I, you know, that, but it, I'd never, uh, that, that was a radical thought yep. to, to me. Cause I didn't grow up with that kind of introspection. Yeah, what's what's interesting is that for me, mine looked very different than yours. Mm. My my out of alignment was not really trying, so I didn't oh. really put I didn't really put a whole lot of effort into very much in life. I just kind of like got by. I did. I don't things. know that Matthew. Yeah, really, kind of like the earliest part of my life. I I was not like an overachiever. I was not a hustler. I was not that person. I was the person that was like, yeah, whatever. I'm just like here to have a good time and just kind of like chill. And what I didn't realize was so much of that kind of approach to things was because I was so afraid to make the effort that if I made the effort, I wouldn't do well. I wouldn't <gasps> be okay. And then I would just be faced with what I feared underneath the surface that I was actually inadequate. So I didn't even want to test that out and, and be confronted with that. That's why I don't sing. Like oh, I, always really? sang, I always sang in high school. I was in all the musicals and then yeah. I moved to New York and then everybody I met was the most amazing trained singer oh I'd ever met. God. And then I'd audition for Broadway musicals and I'd hear the person singing in a room. And I was like, if yeah. I can't sing like that, I'm not going to sing at all. 
Oh my God, I was just telling our producer before we started this, uh, before we started this show, that just a little while ago, I was in my room and I just was like in the mood to sing. And I just started singing, you know, Pentatonics, the Christmas song um, that it's Christmas for me or whatever. Yeah. I just started wailing and like singing that song and I was like killing it. And I was so in the moment. And then I kind of like finished and I was like, woo. And then I heard my neighbor who shares my bedroom wall with me in the other room. And I was like, ah, he heard me. <laughs> And sing, singing was, to me is so personal. It's you're so, so vulnerable. Personal. I was so vulnerable. That's why I just kind of like crumbled and like ran into the other room. So you kind of needed to hang back. And it, it, was it was it a thing of like if I tried, um, I might not be good enough, or is it like was it a way of avoiding attention? It was all of it, avoiding attention. I didn't want attention. I didn't want to, you know, try anything that actually I thought maybe I'd be interested in because I just didn't want to fail. Mm. And it really wasn't until I think when I turned 20, um, I dated this guy who was really kind of like my first love. His name was also Matt. So if you can consider that Matt and Matt. Ew. When people <laughs> say go fuck yourself, it's really just an expression. It was just a shared name. We did not look like each other. We weren't those gays. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Um, and it, and this was a person who I was dating, who was, um, who had such this kind of long history of knowing exactly what he wanted to do. He was an actor and he was in like all of the kind of like, you know, acting classes and, and theater from a very young age. And he was like on a path and uh -huh. I never felt more insecure in my life. And huh. that's when I realized that that was the first time that I really confronted for me, the realization that I didn't know what lit me up. I didn't know what my passion was. I didn't know what brought me joy. And I felt so insecure about it. And that's what really kind of started me on my journey to figure out really what it was. So I then could get in alignment with that. Oh, what yeah. brings you joy, Matthew? I'm curious. This, I mean, honestly, there's a number of things. So mm -hmm. singing very privately, not okay. to anybody Singing privately brings you no. joy? Dancing. Mm -hmm. um, I love dancing, like mm -hmm. really. And then also cooking. I love cooking. That's why I have you, this. That's why I have this tattoo on my arm. I'm showing you. It's a sprig of thyme on my forearm. Are you kidding me? I, yeah. I never, how did I not know that was there? We've been. I don't know, Alec. You never pay attention to me. I'm always trying to get your attention. I know. I know. I'm um, so but anyway, so all of, <laughs> all of those things, but really more than anything, this. This is why I love doing this so much. This kind of podcast, talking about mental health stuff, being a psychotherapist, like truly is my sweet spot. I'm so Britney Spears in the zone when I'm doing this stuff. Wow. Yeah. I love feeding people. I love having people over for dinner. And yes. um, I love a huge dinner party. There's like, like that's the most joyful I I am when 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 my house is full of people and it's so loud and everybody's laughing. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, host. That's just that just Hosting. makes me happy. Yeah, I love that too. Being a host yeah. and sometimes a parasite, but being a host. <laughs> um, what what was the thing that helped you? I know that you were saying that you kind of journaled down and you realized mm -hmm. that you're good enough. Mm -hmm. How did you start to, in very kind of practical ways, how did you start to then align what you did? I had to break up with every terrible man. I had to stop. Um, that's what that was at the height of my sex and love addiction. Yeah. I had to stop doing those things. It was kind of like cold turkey that yeah. it was like I had to stop. I realized that I was acting out of um, a, a very low opinion of myself. Yeah. And, and, and I had to kind of I, I, I had to have standards. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, What's that? <laughs> no, but I was, this is the unfortunate thing about me and, I, and I'm admitting it. I was one of those people who had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Because I'm sure there were people in my life who were like, you deserve better. There were actually or, people in my life. Yes. And um, I was talking about this horrible man that I was with and a really good friend of mine. We got into a fight 
because yeah. I kept on seeing him. And she basically said, well, it doesn't sound like you've gotten your ass kicked hard enough. Ooh, yeah. And I was like, how could you say that? He has mother. And then, but it was, I got mad because it was true. Yes, it was yes. Like, it wasn't enough that he was a shitty guy. It was that I couldn't stop seeing him. Totally. And that's what they say yeah. in 12 step, right? Like, we'll go ahead and keep doing more research, right? Until you find <laughs> out what you need to know. Your best thinking got you here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we haven't centered in on one subject today. We're kind of all over the place. No, I mean, we're talking about- uh, Self-esteem. Well, self-esteem, but really kind of like alignment, right? Overachievement as being a part of that, detaching as being a part of not, you know, not aligning. Okay. Uh, Alignment. I love that. Alignment. Alignment. Is that what we're talking about? Okay. The subject for today is alignment. (laughs) And I can't think of a better person to talk about alignment with than our guest today. I know, I'm so excited about our guest today too. She's a comedian, a writer, and an actress. You have uh, seen her as a favorite panelist on Chelsea Lately, of course, and she has love for both of her starring as Colette on The Mindy Project and as Dougie on Life in Pieces. She has a hilarious Netflix special called Sweet and Salty, which love you it. have to watch if you have to. Yet. It's so good. It's so and good. you could see her, she's such a good writer. And you could see her in the Oscar nominated movie, Chick Fight, along with yours truly, nominated for Best Actor, if you haven't heard. I didn't write this intro. <laughs> Actually, it's okay. It's great. I actually believed it for a second. I was like, we're, we've been off nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> she's funny as hell. A great friend of mine. I'm so thrilled she's here. Please welcome to the program, Fortune Themester. Yay! Yay! Hi, guys. Hi, Hi Fortune. Thanks so much for doing the show. Yes. On the cover of People Magazine, you had a- Oh, you, on the cover? You had a media <laughs> moment. No, I, it's like it was all over Instagram and Facebook and everything. And it said People Magazine, the report. I saw the tweet of you at your wedding. Yeah, it was, I guess, because not a lot of people are getting married in a pandemic. Uh, they were <laughs> like, we'll put it in People Magazine. <laughs> yeah. That was huge, though, because this is where I went. At seeing you on the cover of People magazine with your beautiful wife. Well, not on the cover, but we but were. But it in said the people on. The, it looked like it was. It, let's say it was the cover. We'll say it was the cover. <laughs> in this, in my version of the story, you're on the cover. Oscar nominated. Yes, Oscar nominated. People cover actor on the cover of People. Um, it, it brought me back to like uh, being in Hollywood in the '90s and at the supermarket on Ralph's and Sunset and seeing mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres on the cover of Time. And, it, yeah. and her saying, yep, I'm gay. And how that was like such a monumental thing. And we flash forward and it, People Magazine is reporting about your wedding and it's nobody is raising an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, most people aren't raising an eyebrow. If you looked on the People Magazine comments, um, it's like, oof, there's still quite a bit of- uh, Do you read the uh, comments? Ooh. Do you read I, the comments? I don't normally read the comments, but- uh, <laughs> Jax will be like, oh my God, I can't believe what this person said. I'm like, I didn't read the comments. Don't tell me. <laughs> what are some and, uh, what are some of the worst things that people were saying? I'm curious. I mean, for listen, for the most part, it's not even a thing. We got so much love and so many congratulations. As you should. Yeah. From for sure. All over. And uh and so that far outweighs any yeah. hate. Mm-hmm. People, but you know, online is all full of uh, people successful that are unhappy yeah, totally um and uh just a lot you know there was a lot of religious things about yeah. god and not approving you make the baby jesus cry <laughs> <laughs> yeah things yeah. like that that was my yeah. intention 
you just uh you just gotta take in stride well, for, fortune i love that though like even like me asking you right like you're kind of like digging for a little dirt but you you keep such kind of like a positive air about you and i have to tell you that i saw you when you were like touring for um for the sweet and salty uh special yeah. i saw i saw you over at um the improv I'm not oh right. yeah but I went and saw you and was dying laughing the whole time. Oh, uh, but I loved it. Yeah. Like your comedy is so good. And also you are able to be so funny while also being so positive and light. And it like doesn't come across as like, you know, kind of like cheesy or anything. You leave your play, you leave your set feeling so good. Like you're dying laughing and also feel good at the same time. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yes. I think that's just where my point of view comes from. It comes from a more positive place. Um, <laughs> I tend to uh, see life uh, with the glass half full naturally, and I wake up pretty positive. I'm very lucky because I know not everyone chemically is gets that. And, yeah. Right. Uh, this and is so you without I, chemicals. This is me without chemicals. <laughs> my my vices are cheeseburgers and milkshakes. Um, but uh, but when it comes to just you know my outlook on life, I tend to 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 err on the side of positivity. So I think that naturally, when I think of jokes and think of stories, it has that influence. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. pushing that story forward. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be. I mean, I can certainly be sarcastic, and I can. Uh, be mean-ish you know it, it's still in a silly way yeah uh, but I even if I'm trying to be like jokingly mean I almost immediately I'm like just kidding I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah your yeah. onstage persona is is all about affability yeah. yeah 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 I want people to feel good after they see a show they've come out to they've spent money they've they're taking their time to see a show I don't mm -hmm. I'm not the comic that's there to like roll them up or to right. point out the bad things happening in the world. I yeah. want to be the escape. Yeah. Right. You can, and you can feel that too. And I did. Was there, I know that you said that you're just kind of like naturally organically like that. Do you mm -hmm. think that there was anything from, you know, earlier in your life that really actually helped shape that perspective and that practice? Yeah. I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, like everybody, things weren't always easy. You know, my parents divorced pretty early on. My mom was a teacher raising three kids on a teacher's salary. And so we struggled a lot with money and making ends meet. And, mm -hmm. you know, but I was lucky because we had a roof over our head and I clearly had food on the table. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, you know, you can't like, in comparison to other people, there was, we had what we needed to have, but, you know, we went through our share of hard times and loss. I lost uh people very close to me early on and hmm. um and so the first part of that first earlier part of my life seemed filled with so many challenges mm -hmm. that I think that once I moved to LA and it was challenging too it was a hard road to try to make this career happen but I think because I had overcome all those challenges early on it gave me this perspective of like you can figure it out. You can handle this. There's whatever life throws at you. You've been through those hard things and you are now equipped to handle. Yeah. You had resilience. Yeah. Those, yeah. That, that mm -hmm. adversity had given you that outlook. I had, um, when yeah. my mother died in 1990, 
to, I had a, a, a deep, deep depression and unemployment at the same time while mm-hmm. grieving my mother. Uh, I moved yeah. to LA. My boyfriend dumped me. My mother died, and a, oh. a good friend stole a lot of money from me all oh, at the same time. Oh man, that sucks. So, yeah. it, but would I want to go through it again? No. But mm-hmm. what that time did for me was when when shit happens, because that's what life is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that big a deal to me anymore. I have a sense right. of there's a beginning and a middle and an end to this. Yeah, this mm-hmm. isn't the end. Right. Yeah, I mean, you got to go through hard times to to know how to get over hard times. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it, when I was coming up in LA and I, I had friends, certain friends that had never experienced hardship and suddenly they were getting rejected because, you know, LA, Hollywood, it's all rejection. It's all. No, I, it's I saw all- La La Land. Did you see that movie? She comes to Los Angeles yeah. and she yes. doesn't work for three years. It was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> But you get you do see in the people in the people I came up with who had never mm-hmm. experienced hard times or had never been told no had never yeah never had money issues the the rejection was so difficult for them some a lot of them mm. moved back home or uh-huh. gave up or so I am again like you I I I wouldn't want to relive those things but I'm right. glad that I went through it because I feel like it did sort of give me this thicker skin that helped me, you know, hang in, hang in there with this business when it was, you know, telling me no constantly. Totally. Yeah. Well, you have to have the experience before you can even know what to do with it and how to spin it. Right. And I have to tell you, I work with a a lot of people and there's a lot of people who have gone through some, you know, shit in their lives. Um, but also, you know, have struggled to figure out how to shape a more positive perspective and how to be able to move their lives in a better way. And I say that almost like really as like credit to you and to, you know, whatever experiences help shape you or how you've been able to move through your own life because you've had the experience, but you also were the one to help really kind of like frame things in the way that you're just talking about it now, which is amazing and motivating for you to keep being successful. Well, you can either use it as a motivator or you can become a victim. Yeah. Um, And I just didn't want to go the victim route because I just, I've seen that up close with people with certain people in my life and i don't think it does them any favors Mm-mm. yeah Mm-mm. and you can hear it right away i can hear it right <laughs> away with somebody who's victim because it's everything yes. they don't own anything yeah. i mean that's that's the thing about your i i love seeing you perform because you do have you on stage you have ownership of yes. all of you like i yes. love your opening line um it always makes me laugh i've seen you do it a whole bunch of times um uh, uh, uh hello my name is fortune and I'm a woman. <laughs> and the way, for my, my half-hour special. And the yeah. way you say it, it, it just it always it always changes the temperature of the room because it's just kind of like because that's it's such a it's you have to acknowledge who you are the minute mm-hmm. you step on stage. You yeah, know, it's for like sure. Yeah, my opening was uh, for years was uh, I know what you're thinking. I didn't know Liza Minnelli and Bruce Lee had had a child. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely you know I I have no problem poking fun at myself. I you know there's nothing that anyone writes online about me that I'm like oh my god yeah. I didn't I didn't see that in myself. Yeah. I know ex- every any diss that's coming my way. I'm like, hi, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. not telling me anything I don't know. 
Uh, so I kind of use it as a way to sort of take that power back a little bit. Do you read um, the comments? Do you do you read the stuff online? Do you read? Once in a blue moon, but I mm -hmm. have no, um, none of my social media, I have, um, I don't have, what are they called? Notifications. Uh, so I don't. Oh, um, yeah. I don't have anything set to, I don't know when someone's written me. I don't know when people have talked about me. And that keep. I don't like that. I don't like being constantly aware of yeah. you know engagement good or bad yeah right. my husband has a google alert of of me on his computer but i can't think of anything worse yeah i don't and i i don't think my my skin is thick enough to right. like read the comments totally I get yeah. my feelings yeah hurt. i mean sometimes you just see them because they're just there but i don't go looking for them yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. Dis I love the distinction though, like good or bad, because it's really easy yeah. for us to get attached to what people believe about us. Take it personally. Again, yeah. Again, whether it's good or bad, because, you know, if yeah. we're looking for validation, then we're going to die by their rejection. So yeah. I, if they I love mean, me, think, I'm up. If they hate me, yeah. I'm down. It's kind yes. of going to change all the time. Yes. I mean, I think I'm lucky in that, uh, stand up, stand ups versus actors, uh, stand-ups are on the road all the time. So mm -hmm. if you want validation, just do a show and people laugh. Yeah. There's your validation. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, actors, you know, aren't, they might seek it out a little bit more because they're yeah. not getting that one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one it is, yeah. it is an immediate that I do enjoy that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a very reluctant comic, like on the car ride to the club. I'm like, I don't want to go. And yeah. then when I'm on stage, I'm fine. Right. You know, but I, <laughs> I but, mean, I'm saying I'm the same. I don't. There's a lot of comics who live to be on stage. I'm, they not, want, I'm not one of those people. I'm not. I'm not one of those either. Actually, mm -hmm. uh, I like my. I like my job a lot. I do a lot of shows, especially mm -hmm. when I was prepping my special. I was for two years on the road constantly. But when I'm at home, I get. I'm always kind of like, no, no, I don't want to do the show. No, no, like I, I get asked all the time, and I feel so bad, but. Like I just want to be at home with yeah. my I'm sad on the road. And, uh, yeah. I get so sad. I'm like in that weird hotel or the apartment, you yeah. know, the, that, that that the hotel room with the coffee maker, and you just sit there all day. There's yeah. nothing to do. I mean, if you're in town and you know people, then you could go. But on mm. on the road, I was terrible. I would eat terrible. I would oh, drink yeah. terrible. It's, it's, it's a just, hard place. But I've been touring. I mean, I've been touring nonstop for like ten years. Mm. Uh, so it's just part of my life. This has been the first year. Uh, I mean, I was I had my Netflix special came out. Uh, my I had a I was I had finally moved up to theaters because of mm -hmm. the special, mm -hmm. and I had uh, six months of sold out shows ready to go. Yay! Uh, that was, yeah, that's amazing. Well, they were supposed to start March fifteenth. Uh, um, right. So I haven't done those yet, but hopefully, you know, late next year I can go back on the road. But this yeah. has been sort of a forced uh, hiatus. Which yeah, how has that been for you, not being able to be up in front of people? I mean, I'm fine again. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need that validation all the time. I'm totally fine off of stage. I don't need to be the center of attention. I just was bummed. In the beginning, it, it hit me really hard because I had reached this milestone that I had been yeah. working towards mm -hmm, for so mm -hmm. long. I've been, um, you know, you always hope as a stand-up to jump from comedy clubs to theaters. That's mm -hmm. always sort of the dream. To Oscar-nominated films. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
so I felt like I'd finally accomplished this this big goal. And I, I mean, literally uh, the night before I was supposed to leave to start the tour, it all all went away. Oh, my gosh. It, it took me a little bit to, you know, just sort of come to terms with that just not happening right now. But then, you know, you sulk a little bit, but then you think I'm I'm healthy. I'm at home with my family i'm yeah. okay there's so many more things that are going on that you don't brood you don't brood. no no i, I brood <laughs> I, mean, I definitely brood in the beginning mm-hmm. but my brood my brood is like me watching television in a flannel shirt and sweatpants <laughs> Drink, drinking, drinking too much wine um, but uh yeah so you know, I eventually got over, but I sort of retreat, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I wasn't as like active on social media. I wasn't doing a lot of podcasts. So I was just like, let me just take care of my licking my wounds. Yeah, and then and then I'll put myself back out there. Does that affect your mood at all? Especially for somebody who's, um, you know, who's been working so hard and and, and has worked a lot too. I've noticed that for obviously a, a lot of us this past year, we're forced to just sit down and and not mm-hmm. ha- and not get to do all of those things and keep ourselves busy in that way. How yeah. has that been for you to not have that stuff? Has that impacted your mood at all? Well, I think I've been. Uh, I'm a worker. I love to work. I love it. I love my what I do. It's such a huge part of my life and who I am I don't need to be on stage per se like I said but I'm always doing something if I'm not on stage that means I'm writing a movie I'm writing Mm -hmm. I'm creating a tv show I'm doing voiceover I'm doing radio I'm doing something in in the realm of the business I'm always trying to create so I'm never not working and so to suddenly have the entire world stop and be like you can't work right (laughs) Right. now right my whole identity is sort of based around work. So for me, that was hard to be like, God, what I'm just supposed to sit around. I, know. Like, I don't know how to do that. It's a weird um, feeling. It feels like a breakup mm-hmm. with, with when work kind of like stops. It feels like I, I would always feel like this is a breakup. I feel like somebody broke yeah. up with me. Like I would do a television show or I do a play or I do a tour mm-hmm. of something. And it's just like, now what? It's yeah. always like a hard thing to recover from. Yeah. Like even for me, there's been, there's things that I would normally do, even if it is for like social media, making videos and talking about mental health stuff and all that. And like, I just have not had the psychic energy, right? Like to even Mm -hmm. be able to like do, even if I kind of wanted to try and push myself and hustle a little bit more, like I just don't have the energy for it. And so it's interesting. So then I feel like I feel tired and I don't do as much, but then I also kind of sometimes feel like down or even anxious that I'm not doing more. And so it's this weird kind of fucked up middle space. Yeah. Yeah. Like you make me feel like a real underachiever right now. Right. So thanks a lot for that. (laughs) You're working on movie scripts. You have like 10 different podcasts. And like after this, I'm going to take a nap <laughs> well it's, pro- it's probably that thing in me that having not grown up with much money and saying I ca- I joke about it in my special I came from a family that had a lot of money and they lost it all me too when I was before I was right before I was born and so I I saw a family who who had you know the American dream they yeah. had mm-hmm. and because they were born poor and they made this thing this big thing and then it i remember away. that part of your special i was yeah, like oh I my too. god that's same yeah. but it, the difference with me is they lost all of their money when i was 13 
Like oh, just God. when I was trying uh, to figure, just when I was starting uh, to figure out what money was, uh, we lost everything. Uh, yeah. Like bye bye. Yeah. So I, anyway, that that dri- probably drives me. That's why I do so much is because I don't want to be in that position. Yeah. Of, mm. That of like that. I was just gonna say, and for probably for both of you, right, to have that experience growing up, where I'm sure that was the constant conversation, or at least you saw so much of it, right? Like fear mm-hmm. of you know money and needing to work hard and work extra hard and all of this stuff because of the relationship to money that mm-hmm. that could really inform then you know kind of like your own relationship to work and money too yeah but yeah you know, when we lost it we never talked about it and we had to pretend like everything was fine yeah we, right. we, we still had to keep up appearances yeah. that it <laughs> yeah, was my- like yeah we were embarrassed millionaires you know, ah, yeah, my mom still wanted because I think it's a big southern thing. She wanted to keep up appearances as well, so that's why I was a debutante and yada yada. But you know, we I would go to this two big two story house and it was empty. There was like nothing in it. Yeah, and uh, and so it was. I, I don't know. So I was definitely driven by not wanting to make the same mistakes yeah. that I saw happen. Uh, but also my cancer. It's part of uh, uh, if you get hippy dippy. It's part of the um thing is this wanting security right uh part of your horoscope or whatever it's called oh you're a cancer we're both cancers when's your birthday july 1st yeah i'm july 10th because that's Uh, a big part is like is home and Mm -hmm. i had a huge anxiety because i bought my own house uh here in la Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. for the first couple years that i had it i had the constant anxiety in my head because my parents did lose a gigantic house i don't have a gigantic house i have a nice house i love my house But my the worst thing that could ever possibly happen, and this is what I had to work through in therapy, was losing the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if I lose this house? Yep. What if right. I that was like my constant worry? And then some, and then I really looked back, that was attached to my childhood trauma of I'm gonna make the same mistakes my father did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And my therapist finally said, You're not your dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not gonna happen to you because you're not your dad. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'd never heard it put that way because I was like, the same thing is going to happen to me. Totally. That yeah. was the and, weirdest thing. And, and, and for somebody to just come right out and say, you're not your dad, because like as a cancer, that's like the most important thing is like home and like stability. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always like why when I'm on the road, I just want to go home. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah. Totally. yeah, I'm a definitely a homebody, which is so, I like stability and I like home, which is hilarious. That I'm <laughs> a comedian on the yeah. road. And I'm, yeah. Actor. Yeah. I'm a gay Asian actor yeah. who wants to be on television. <laughs> so it's like stability. Um, do you no, remember- but for sure, even those, even those stories, like you were just telling yourself, I'm not my dad, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's so easy for us because when we're younger, we do learn those stories and it, that feels so much like what we've heard around us. It feels like a part of who we are. And so even those stories, even when it's irrational and negative, just mm-hmm. the fact that they are familiar is what makes it really challenging for us to start creating new stories for ourselves because we are inherently averse to anything foreign and unknown. Mm-hmm. And so that's what can be really kind of hard to shed that. Like I remember like growing up, my kind of my thing was my parents split up when I was about five and, you know, my mom was always kind of like struggling to trying to figure out like how we're supposed to pay for this, how we're supposed to pay for that. And we were very much included in that conversation. Mm, and yeah. I grew up really fearing money, like mm-hmm. not even wanting to try to make it or being afraid of the money that I did have. And it was hard for me even to have to kind of unlearn that. So then I could actually align myself with what I deserve, the abundance of life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Money's money's a head game. You know, Mm -hmm. it is. I I, there are times where my my point is when when I did in therapy, that was a breakthrough moment. I said, I'm not my dad. 
Mm-hmm. I stopped worrying mm-hmm. about the house. Oh, I just didn't worry. I just didn't worry about it anymore because I'm not my house. It's just the yeah. house. I love this. Yes. House. The it power of suck. insights. It would suck if I lost it. I don't yeah. want that to happen, but it's not a prevalent thought in my yeah. mind anymore, but like mm-hmm. mastering money of like getting to the point where it's like, what feels like enough? Yes. Right. Yeah. I always used to live like six months in advance. Yeah. Where am I heading six months from now? And if yeah. I didn't know, I'd be in a complete panic. And now it's kind of mm-hmm. like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember in my mid 20s when I was in therapy and um, my therapist started talking to me about my relationship to money. And I had never even thought about it as a relationship. Like mm-hmm. I just didn't even conceive of it in that way. Mm-hmm. And just being aware of like, oh, I have this like, you know, kind of toxic relationship with money. So mm. you know, that was something that was very helpful, just being aware of yeah. that. Yeah. I'm really cheap when I'm making money. When <laughs> I'm on a series, it all, I don't spend it's funny a dime. How that happens. I yeah. suck it. I mean, I'm living in my series money. I'm living in Ugly Betty money from like 15 years ago. Um, you know, I watched the movie that we did together right before COVID, uh, yeah. Chick Fight. Have you watched it? I did, yeah, it's fun. You're it's, really it's, great at it. It's so good. Yeah, you too. I felt like everybody did a good job. It's one of those movies that's meant to be fun and, uh, you know, that you, like, again, an escape, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's one of those movies that doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Uh, which you I play, like. you, what's your character's name? Uh, Bear. I'm the... Because <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's not a movie based on Fight Club, but it's a movie about women in a fight club. Uh, and so I'm the referee of yeah. this fight yeah. club. So <laughs> I'm supposed to be really, really tough. I'm, I'm, I'm tough adjacent. <laughs> I'm tough, <laughs> tough enough. <laughs> You're tough enough in the movie. You have that, you have a really nice scene in the movie where uh, you show your vulnerable side and it's, it's yeah. very, very sweet. But yeah. um, we all, we were all together in Puerto Rico. And at one point it was, um, we were we were filming the end of the movie, so the entire cast was there, and I was uh, we were we were in between scenes, and I looked at you, and then next to me was Dominique Jackson, and then mm-hmm. Ken, Kevin Connolly was over there, and then Kevin Nash, and I was like, this is a really cool club. This yeah, is, this, that was really fun. It was yeah, it was a good group of people. I got there uh, on your last day, mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember I was so exhausted because I was doing press in New York for my special. And my dog had gotten really, really sick uh, mm. and had been in the hospital. For I like remember three days. So I had mm-hmm. not slept all week. And so we, I got there, we filmed all day and, and you guys all went out to dinner and I wanted to so bad. Yeah. Because I had not gotten to spend much time with everybody. And I was like, I got to go pass out. <laughs> I, and I was my, just bummed not to have that that fun big cast moment yeah. with everybody. My first scene that I shot was a hospital scene, and I had literally flown from Vegas to Puerto Rico, picked uh-huh. up at the airport, and went right to set. Yeah. Wow. After yeah. having performed the night before, Whoa. and I was just kind of like, "This is oh my god!" Mm. And that's why I thought twenty twenty is my year. I'm gonna work that stuff. <laughs> this is just gonna zing. <laughs> Yeah, I had they picked me, they, they had a car pick me up in New York at like three in the morning, and I took a the red eye to Puerto Rico, and then immediately went to set too. So I was like, uh, it was one of the, they shot the whole movie in seventeen days, which mm-hmm. is a big feat to wow. to do that. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. I was just glad we shot a movie before the the world came to a <laughs> yeah. halt. Uh, so and no it's one, weird how they just they try to make it look like America. So there's just a lot of, a lot of windows or doors. You don't really see the rest uh, of the street or anything. Yeah, someone was like, "Where is this supposed to be set?" I was like, "I think Miami." So what are you working on right now? Are you just writing for the most part? Yeah, I'm right yeah. in. Uh, well, luckily I've been doing, I'm, uh, I do a radio show for Netflix uh, mm. that's on Sirius XM. Um, and we've been doing it, we do that every morning uh, and it's been going since. You the, and Tom Papa, right? Mm-hmm, it's called yeah. What a Joke uh, with Papa and Fortune. And uh, we've been doing that every morning since the pandemic. I mean, uh, we were in studio, but we managed to do it at home, which has been, uh, that basically saved my uh me from really getting down on the dumps mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh because i was can i was getting con- to connect with people every day um and then uh i've been i i usually write movies and stuff where we've had sold a couple movies to amblin we just finished another movie that we hope to pitch soon and uh i just got a new netflix job uh, as a co-host of this uh, show called After Party. Mm-hmm. Um, it's with David Spade and Ooh. London Hughes. Um, so it'll air start airing in January. We're basically, it's all going to uh, gravitate around the Netflix movies and TV shows. We're going to interview cast. And, um, That's so fun. cool. Yeah, that is cool. H- have you started doing yeah. it yet? We, I shoot my first thing for them on Friday. So we're... Who are you going to interview? Uh, I'd want to interview all the people in the crown because I'm obsessed with that show. Right <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't know who, who like every episode, you know, will focus on different Netflix shows. So I don't know who will be coming through. It also, you know, depends on who's available and we got the whole COVID thing. So some will be mm-hmm. in person, some will be on screen. Mm-hmm. But I'm just excited because Netflix has never had a show like this. Yeah, kind of like an, it sounds like an Andy Cohen type show where you kind of like interview people uh, yeah. after the fact. I stalk, I stalk um, um, uh, British baking show contestants that I find hot. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I, I delude myself into thinking that we're actually friends. There was one guy on, I don't know if you watched the show, on season five of British baking show. Do you watch that show, Matthew? I've yeah, I've been watching a bunch of it Season recently. Season five, too. there's a really hot guy, soccer uh-huh. player, gay guy named Tom. Uh, uh. And he's so gorgeous. <laughs> and I, I've been He's beautiful and DMs. can bake. And, it, and can bake. I oh, think wow. I think we should set you guys up. He's so cute. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> um can you like take us Ma- back Matthew's, to like Matthew single? You're single? I, I'm dating somebody. He's currently. dating somebody. I am for now. Okay. For now. Okay. For now. Um, where I'm curious to know, I don't know if we've had this conversation. Where was the very first place you did stand up? Like, do you remember your very first, like, I'm getting up there and I'm doing this? Uh yeah, it was actually at the comedy store, which is crazy. <gasps> That's um, the deep end of the pool. Yeah, I just went, I I never did it uh back home. Everyone assumed I started in North Carolina, but I started in LA. Mm. I just decided to go to the most difficult place in the world to do stand up. Was it the sign up? Was it the thing where you have to show up at noon and then? No, I, I did do the safer route. I did a class. I, I did a class, and at the end of the okay. six weeks class, you performed in the belly room of the comedy store. So my very first set was at the end of this uh, six weeks class. And how so long was the set? Uh, three minutes. So it's 
pretty easy to, you know, and in, in, in an environment that was more supportive than just like doing a, um, what is it called? Open mic. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, the, so my, so I would go between, so then the belly room became kind of my home base. So I, I did a show every uh, Sunday night there for like a year and a half. Wow. Uh, I, I had a stand, uh, the teacher of my class, had a had a show every Sunday night then and he said if you do the music while well, for comics coming up I'll give you 10 minutes every Sunday night which was huge when you're a brand new comic to have 10 every whole Sunday night at the comedy entire, store yeah for an entire year and a half so I built up my material really quick um and so I think that's what because I started in 2007 in stand-up and then by 2010 I was touring the country headlining wow wow happened yeah. fast yeah because i'd got last comic standing so two and a half years and i anna became a paid regular at the comedy store in two and a half years so it was a wow. quick trajectory yeah which i do think having that stage time all the time was a big deal because when you're a brand new comic you cannot get 10 minutes you can get maybe mm-hmm. you know five if you're lucky and you can't make a show. living nobody pays you anything no and so i would do that a lot and then bruce's show um at uh akbar was also very helpful too oh uh, yeah we did that show. show that show freaks yeah. me out because it's uh it's called uh drunk on stage uh-huh. that's where we met and uh yeah because it it, it starts at 7 30 but literally at 7 29 nobody's there and no one's there <laughs> no one's there so i'm there at 7 15 with like my notes and everything ready to go on there's i'm like oh nobody's coming everyone rolls in at eight i'm like why not just I guess he just knows the gay, the gays are going to show up late. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Are you actually so, drunk on stage? I am. Not, I wasn't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was nice to have a mix of like the comedy, uh, the comedy store every week, which was very bro-y, very straight, very um, standard stand-up. And then I have Akbar pretty regularly, which was, very alternative, very gay, very mm-hmm. do whatever you want. So I got to experiment a lot in both worlds. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I would, I, yeah, it was hard for me in, in, in bro world. My first yeah. set in um, LA was at the laugh factory and I bombed so bad. <laughs> oh really? So bad. Like they call it flop sweat for a reason. Like I came on stage <laughs> and my shirt was, I could bring it out. It was so bad. Oh I, no. Yeah. Yeah. I had, it was yeah. an audition for a living color and then the, oh, we all had wow. to do open mic at laugh yeah. factory. And it was really like, facing a firing squad but um oh, wow. on a happier note i'm so happy for your success and yes. and oh, anybody who knows yeah. you is like to know you is to love you and uh you're always <laughs> like you're you're you're, you're kind of like just you let everybody else be themselves you don't have to be the center of the attention what i'm scared of when i meet other comics is the person who's always on uh, that mm-hmm. drives me crazy oh, yeah there's and a that's, lot there's a lot of those yeah <laughs> and, and that's not you because that that yeah. that's it's just great and i hope i get to work with you again real soon oh, um yeah. we're nearing the end of our program and uh Aww. when um we end our program we ask because the show's called hot mess we end mm-hmm. each show with a hot message now given everything we've been through with the pandemic and people's productivities slowing down what would be your hot message to the people out there going through that Oh man, I, I mean, right now it's like, I think everybody just has to stay positive. You know, it's been Mm -hmm. such a tough year and, uh, there's so many things that you could get down about. Um, 
but I think stay positive because there are we're still in the muck of this and the Mm -hmm. next couple months are going to be difficult COVID is not going away so Mm -hmm. continue to be safe continue to be as diligent about it as you were in the beginning because a lot of people have been getting it lately and also keeping positive and working on your own mental health take care of yourself uh, right. right now, don't watch the news too much. Don't watch yes. the news. Don't read the comments. Limit. Follow um, yeah. uh, Fortune on Instagram. Uh, what I love on your Instagram is you eating ice cream and dancing is yes. just pure joy. What are yes. your socials, Fortune? Where can people find you? Uh, I'm a, uh, on Instagram and uh, Facebook at, at Fortune Pinkster. Mm-hmm. My just my name. Uh, Twitter is at Fortune Funny. I'm always posting silly videos and mm-hmm. tr- again the escape thing doing yes. characters trying to get people to laugh even for a minute uh just i loved you with sarah huckabee there was nothing <laughs> yeah. better so um, good i love when you do um, drag and i love you yelling at your husband tim <laughs> i'm oh yeah brenda tim <laughs> yeah well, well before before i started stand up i i studied at the groundlings for seven years uh some of that simultaneous and so i have this whole world of characters and sketches that no one even ever knew about so it's been fun in the pandemic to bring out some of these uh old sketches and old characters yeah um for filial insta <laughs> the socials thank you so much for doing this show for yes, great you. to of see course. you thank you guys yeah. for yes. having me yeah congratulations on your continued success we'll see you soon bye all right bye, bye you guys thank you She's so cool. Yes. I want to be her. <laughs> yeah, I, want me to too. Be, I want to be fortune. I mean, the thing <laughs> is like, not everybody has kind of a positive outlook naturally. Oh, no, yeah. Some of us have to work at it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I would say, I guess, you know, maybe my hot, is your hot message, my hot message for the day, you know, it's kind of inspired by the positivity that fortune mm-hmm. brings um, at her shows and even here today. Um, but it's about just kind of like keeping in mind, you know, especially when we're talking about productivity, um, favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes, stop the glorification of busy. You know, we live in a world that constantly is, you know, you know, kind of pumping out that, you know, I'm hustling. Oh my God, I'm so Mm -hmm. tired. You know, I'm, you know, working so much. We wear it like a badge of honor. Um, and this year, if nothing else has forced us to get still and learn how to get still and be able to frame things positively, this is something that's happening for us, not to us. Yeah. The world's not going to end if you don't write a Pulitzer prize winning novel. That's right. During this, I really am taking yes. a nap after this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my hot message of the day is kind of be kind to yourself. I Please. think that, you know, that kind of relentless driving, if if that was a person outside of you, you'd be like, go away. You're a crazy person. And yet we're perfectly fine saying mean stuff to ourselves yep. in our head. And by yes. people, I mean me. I mean, I'm really, really mean. And, and sometimes it makes me laugh. That's why my affirmation is I'm not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good one. Solid That's how I need that. Where can we find you on your on your social medias, uh, you, Matthew Dempsey, yeah. psychotherapist? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MJ Dempsey Psych and Matthew J Dempsey Psychotherapy on Facebook. You can find me at Alec Mop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us both at the Hotness Pod on yep. Twitter and Facebook. No, Twitter and Instagram. With a hot mess pot on yes. Twitter and Instagram. Somebody left me a message the other day said, Do you really? and Matthew get along? 
because you seem like you're always at odds with him. And I said, no, I love Matthew. I love him. I wouldn't Is do that how we come across? I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Do we? I don't know. I think we get along great. I think we, I adore you. I adore and you. We ad, and we adore you for yes, listening. We do. Thank you so much. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the Hot Mess Podcast. And we'll see you next week. We're so thankful and grateful that you chose to spend your time with us. Um, tune in next week for more Hot Mess Fun. Bye, everybody. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.